that relationship aspect of our partnership is as important as the results. So we kind of need to acknowledge that and cater how we approach that relationship based on that. I would say like our team are very close and I think it's genuine. We care and we, we are genuine with that. It's not an SOP that we follow, that we check in X amount of times per week. It's a genuine personal touch that we adopt with all of our clients and we get to know them from day one. Today, I sit down with Tony and Toby from Brick Social. And today we talk about their retention strategies on how they keep clients for more than two years, the specific strategies that they're utilizing in Facebook and Google right now, and all culture aspects of their team and how they were able to scale up their team over the last three years. I'm Nikita from AspectAgency.com, and let's get into the podcast. Well, guys, welcome to the Scaling E-Commerce Podcast. Today, I have Tony and Toby from Brick Social. Both of them are across the pond. So you have Tony in Arizona, and then you have Toby in the UK. Um, it's a pleasure to have you guys on. Welcome to the pod. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for having us. I've been meaning to have you guys on ever since I met Tony back at Geek Out. And I'm just glad that we're able to finally sit down and chat through um, all things e-com and paid advertising. And speaking of which, there are a lot of paid ads agencies out there. And I've always been curious on, you know, I see all your content on Twitter and by the way, fantastic content. If you guys aren't following them, give them a follow. What makes you guys actually different than the standard paid social agency? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, look, it's me and Toby mainly. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for us, we, we dive really deep into research up front. I know a lot of agencies do this. Um, but I think we go, I, like I go down a, a dark rabbit hole of just research up front with a lot of clients. Um, and we, it's such a like copy paste answer, but we we do leverage a lot of that and kind of data-driven uh, approaches to clients and moving forward from those. The other thing that I think clients really love about us is like we genuinely care and we do a lot more outside of just scaling your ad account. Like we just, we bring up things like, hey, you're like, website needs this or it's missing this or there's friction here, like way outside of just the scope of what normal ad agencies do. Um, we've helped people like like raise funding and like all sorts of stuff. We're like genuinely care and genuinely try to be like really close, like best friends, partners with a lot of our clients. So they really just love us for that. Like we generally will work through like the thick and the thin with everybody that we work with. And that's what gets them like working with us and gets like some of them, they've actually left for, for various reasons and they ended up coming back and they're just like, we miss you guys. We're like, so it's, it's really cool to see that. I think that's mainly what I would say the two things. Creative strategy, we're huge on. I think a lot of agencies are. But yeah, I think the main thing is like we genuinely care about clients. We're willing to go above and beyond and outside. I would say the normal scope, we're doing like unscalable-ish things with clients which we can dive into more if we want to as well. But that and the research, I think, are are huge for us. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, all the agencies can say that they, they do the research and they care about their clients and their clients are like family. But the thing is, before we started recording, you guys told me that your average client retention is like two years, right? And I think that number itself shows how much you care about your clients because on average with paid social agencies, you see what, like, a three to six month churn. I mean, we all know it's a saturated space, right? And our clients get hit up by agencies a lot to to work with them. And we get told about it, but do we don't pretend that like we've got this silver bullet where it's just a this constant line up in profitability and scale and revenue. Like we all know like paid social has its peaks and troughs, it has its seasonalities, attributions and nightmare. We started brick like 
shortly before iOS was released. So that was a pretty rough time, but we didn't have one client leave us throughout that period. And if a client does leave us, it's for a pretty good reason. And uh, yeah, it's a, it, around two year client retention, which is it's something we're very proud of and something, I guess it's our main, one of our main internal metrics that we track. And we don't put that all down to results. Results is one pillar, but relationships and actually caring is two other pillars there, which really does help. But yeah, you're right. Paid social and search and just generally paid ads have pretty big churn rates for obvious reasons. Yeah. And what, like aside from relationship, like, is there anything specific you guys do differently on the relationship side, uh, aside from, you know, just checking in or is there anything like, like what's the personal touch there to help with the retention? Cause like you said, it's for me, it's a balance of both performance and relationship. If performance is good, you know, you don't really have to care about relationship that much, but once performance is bad, you really have to leverage that relationship to make sure that the client, I wouldn't say client doesn't leave you, but I think that's that immense, like emotional support that shows like, Hey, look, we're figuring this out. We want to make sure to get you back up to, you know, get out of that trough. Like you said. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things. It depends on the client. We have some clients, which I would say are pretty standoffish, larger clients that do pretty much only care about results and metrics and don't have that uh, requirement or want for building that relationship. However, others, that relationship aspect of our partnership is as important as the results. So we kind of need to acknowledge that and cater how we approach that relationship based on that. I would say like our team are very close and I think it's genuine. We care and we, we are genuine with that. It's not an SOP that we follow, that we check in X amount of times per week. It's a genuine personal touch that we adopt with all of our clients and we get to know them from day one. Like to the most minute granular detail and we remember those details and uh, we bring them up when appropriate and we, we care and we don't make we make sure that we check in with our clients outside of just strictly performance-based metrics and of course we do that regularly as well but making sure that we have those regular touch points just to see if there's anything outside of what we're currently doing that they need support with birthdays sending them gifts which i don't think have a, a huge correlation with um churn numbers but it's a big picture we we care and we listen and we just cater our approach based on whatever the client needs wants and we pick up on from that initial call that we have with them i was gonna say too i think kind of when we started making brick too we kind of talked through all the reasons why people hate working with agencies and flipped them on their head and kind of was like all right what can we do because we know like some agencies just don't communicate enough okay what can we do to over communicate now some agencies like they try to hide performance when it's bad like, what can we do to just be like, all right, this is what it is. Here's what we're going to do because of that. So I think there's a lot of uh, conversations we've had kind of at the start of Brick and like continuing on um, where we're just looking at why do people hate agencies? We always ask, you know, prospects and things too. Like, do you like agencies? What's the relationship like there? Like, tell us your your horror story that's happened because I feel like every brand has almost had one at this point. Um, and we just took notes and like, we're like, I I've worked at multiple agencies before we started Brick. And like, I noted things that I liked and things that I didn't like at those agencies so those were things too that we could just dive into more. I think communication obviously is one, like I mentioned, results and just sharing those as clear as as day. We try not to hide things even when things aren't great because it, I mean, it happens, but we'll try to, you know, do our best to turn things around and we'll tell them, you know, here's the game plan based on what we're seeing. So I think that's a huge part too that, that helps out with retention and everything as well. It's also part of the prospecting phase. So it's our job. Some slip through the net, of course, but it's our job as, or my job as someone that brings on new brands to do our best to pre-qualify our clients as much as we possibly can. Again, from a results perspective, what are their goals? Do we feel like they're realistic and we can help them reach them? And then culturally, are they a good fit? And I feel like I can get a pretty good vibe on the first or second call whether they are a good fit. Right. And if they meet those two criteria, results and culture, 
we typically give them a green light amongst other factors. Um, but yeah, we typically give them a green light and we find that the ones that do meet those criteria stay with us a long time because we get along on a personal level and we can hit their goals. So kind of ticks both boxes and we're all happy. Yeah, you guys have really brought up good points because I've been on both sides of it. You know, starting off my agency, I made those mistakes of, you know, covering up numbers and I'll, I'll admit it, you know, I've made those mistakes early on. But once I transitioned into being very proactive about bringing up the problems, communicating the issues and saying like, okay, cool, we messed this up. This is our fault. What can we do to fix this? Or what can we do to get back on, on a good, you know, communication cadence or get back on a good uh, results cadence? That's when customers and clients started to respect us even more because we're like, we're willing to tell them the bad news. And I think that's what a lot of agencies lack. Uh, well, obviously the, the, sh the tides are turning and agencies are being a lot more transparent. But those one those brands that got burnt in the past, they need someone now that they can that can tell them the bad news rather than just good news and good performance. Yeah, it's like my favorite prospecting calls when we get on, and and Toby sometimes will bring me on because they need you know the tech the technical guy to right. answer questions, and I'll come on and they'll have like crazy targets, and I'm just like, yeah, there's no way this could happen. And those are always like my favorite calls because like they they almost want to work with us more because we're just so transparent. We're like, yeah, your goals are just way too lofty for you know, your conversion rates, what we're seeing in your ad accounts, like it just, it's probably not going to happen um, with different, you know, metrics that the site has. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think transparency is, is huge nowadays. Like it's, it's pretty easy for most people to go in and see the results anyway. I think most of our brand owners are checking their Shopify and are checking triple whale if they're on there quite a bit, like on their phones daily. So it's not like they're out of the loop in a lot of ways. So it's like, why, why aren't we just being open? Like, yeah, it's been a bad week. Here's why. Um, I think the big thing though, like you mentioned, it's just proactive um, and, and just doing the the not reactionary stuff, but doing like the proactive work of like, okay, we know it's going into a lull season. So what can we do to like, like help this brand out in this time right now? Like, do they need to release a new product? What does that look like? Can we gather data with like no commerce on like what customers want next from a brand or something that we might be able to dive into um, and help them kind of come up with a strategy for like new products, new designs or something even. Yeah, there's a lot we, we put into it. We care too much. I mean, that's a good agency to have in your in your court side. If you have an agency that cares too much, I mean, I think pretty much every brand would want that as their ideal agency or their forever agency, mm -hmm. quote unquote. Now, you mentioned a few things on the technical side, um, and obviously you guys do a very thorough audit before you bring on clients. What kind of channels are you guys currently managing and what is the current state of the e-commerce, you know, media buying looking like right now? Um, I think the last time I've got an update was Q4 of last year. So I'm keen to hear on what's going on, on, you know, what you guys are seeing with your clients, as well as what do you see the future into Q2 and Q3? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I feel like people have different answers for this based on like who they're working with and how they're right. <laughs> some of our brands are killing it. Some of our brands, you know, they're doing well, but they might not be doing as well as they they were in other seasons, other times of the year. I think generally I'm, I'm I'd say pretty bullish where uh, to answer your first question, we're on, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Google, we're starting to do Bing just because we hired a new uh, kind of like PPC expert that's kind of has being experienced. So we're starting to dabble there. Just starting that though, like as of like this week, pretty much. But yeah, I, I'm pretty bullish on like Facebook and Google. Honestly, we're seeing, um, I would say more stability on the platforms than we've seen, you know, in the, I don't know, the last year or so when it's just been so up and down. We have seen tons of bugs and issues still. And we get ad accounts that have randomly been disabled for no reason, which is great. The usual. <laughs> we go through those problems like as of this week, the last few weeks, we've definitely seen that um, a bit more, it seems. But overall performance wise, I'd say most of our clients are, are pretty happy. I, yeah, I would say like 
80, 90% are probably hitting their goals right now. We are going into summer. So like we do have quite a bit of brands that are just built for summer, like, like shorts, apparel, like outdoor games, things like that, that like people are just buying right now. So we're seeing pretty good success kind of across the board for most of our clients. I'm trying to think of any like big struggling ones, not too many, honestly, um, certain ones we're trying to get into new markets and that's like a whole, I mean, that, that comes down to everything, your brand and how people are perceiving landing pages and things like that. So that can be a bit more challenging sometimes, but overall, I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty like optimistic with the platforms lately at brick too. We've, we've kind of grown. We have like a really good, uh, Facebook media buyer, really good Google media buyer. And they're just like owning their lane and like killing it for clients. So I think that's kind of nice too. I can kind of lead strategy and just see other things that I'm hearing in, in groups and other agencies and what they're doing and, and just giving them strategy and advice and new things to test. So that definitely helps. Uh, but overall, yeah, we're, we're seeing pretty good results. If I'm being honest, we do an internal tracker weekly, which is really cool. On Fridays, we send out a bunch of write-ups and I basically will have our like main media buyer send me a report and it basically green, yellow, red lights for clients. Like, are they killing it? Are they hitting their goals or are they not? Green's basically we're scaling. Yellow's like, maybe Facebook's good, but Google might not be good. And then red is like, we're just off of their goals. Um, I think the last two, three weeks, it's been mostly all green, uh, maybe with a few hiccups here and there, but a lot of times it's it's some other bottlenecks that might be happening, low inventory of website being migrated, something new, something like that, that might be affecting things. But yeah, overall, we've been seeing some pretty good success lately, uh, which is nice, but it's a good time of year, I think, for a lot of brands too, which is, which is helpful. <laughs> I really like that idea because I've never thought of implementing like a whole client roster or like consolidating all the results into just one single report and seeing like which client needs the most care. Because yeah. obviously, like you guys mentioned, it's it's about results, but it's also relationship. Obviously, the relationship aspect is getting taken care of all the time, but sometimes you need to do a little bit more heavy lifting once if that client is in the yellow or maybe if, yeah. even if they're in the red. And is that guy how you guys handle client communication and uh, that sort of cadence? It's mainly an internal thing. Like we don't really share it with clients. Um, I wouldn't expect you to. <laughs> yeah. We have had clients ask us though, like like um, on average, like how are how are you doing with, with spend between platforms or how are your other clients doing? And we we, t we will share those like vague averages that, that clients might ask for. Like which percent of people are killing it right now or compared to winter or whatever. Like we, we can dive in and, and share those um, pieces of data with people. In short, no. We will base our internal maybe efforts and priorities around that um, that report, but I wouldn't say our communication directly with the client changes. Uh, it's always just pretty constant throughout the week. Um, and like, for example, this week, I've had two catch-ups with clients that have been with us for three months now, and I typically schedule uh, just a general catch-up with them outside of our normal regular catch-ups mm. and to talk everything but performance and just to talk life. If there's any feedback they've got for our media buyers, Tony, me, that they maybe wouldn't feel comfortable announcing or broadcasting to the whole team, but they maybe feel comfortable talking to me about. Because what I want is to uh, make them feel comfortable enough that they can tell us everything within our control that they're not happy with so we can do something about it. So they kind of don't really have a reason to to maybe leave us. Um, so we can then address it. And then I share all of that information with the team and we can just be very proactive around those points that they maybe asked us to do, whether it be like include an extra metric within their reporting or whatever it might be. So I do that regularly as standard. But yeah, no, the, the cadence um, and the volume of communication doesn't typically change based on those weekly reports. It stays consistent, but our internal priorities might kind of reflect what those reports are saying. Yeah, it'll definitely, um, I think kind of me now transitioning outside of the accounts, I'm just looking for issues, what accounts aren't doing well. And it sort of is like, 
all right, let's put all of our attention here right now and just see what we can do. Like, what's the quick solution? Is there is there an issue outside of the ad account that like like the site needs something fixed or something broke or or something? So it definitely raises some flags um, internally. And yeah, it can adjust like our priorities in, in terms of like which client needs the most attention right now. But yeah, as Toby said, I think it's it's pretty much similar to the same cadence and communication that we have. Um, it just might be diving in a little bit more to like, is there something wrong with the site? Is it like creative just off and we need some more like strategy here? What do we need to do? Yeah. So you brought up a good point of you transitioning out of accounts. And I'm assuming when you guys did start Brick about, what was it, like two, three years ago, um, Tony, you're man mainly managing ad accounts and Toby, you're mainly uh, client relationships and sales, right? That's the Correct. the relationship. Very complimentary, uh, and it's great that you guys have a very good working relationship there. As you guys scaled up the agency, and as you guys brought on more clients and, and more work, and expanded the different channels, how like what have been the biggest challenges that you have faced over the last few years when you've transitioned? You know, maybe instead of Toby doing all the communication, maybe you have a CSM, or instead of Tony doing all the ads and fulfillment, you have a media buyer and Google, Facebook, etc., managing. One of the biggest challenges that. I find is that both Tony and I are very, um, because it was just us two building the, the, the agency right. at first. So it was us, they were talking to us, we were doing everything. That transition between us continuing to attract businesses towards us, but then us ultimately handing, uh, I guess, responsibility of their account and their deployed spend to a trusted team was a bit difficult. So like the rapport was built with Tony and I. And we were the, the the people behind the agency and making that transition to scale as opposed to just being a two-man band was difficult. But the people we've hired has also been a very difficult thing for us because culturally, we're an inter interesting partnership, Tony and I, and it takes a certain type of person to kind of be able to work with us. And then similarly, we've got incredibly high standards. So that was difficult. But the people that did end up getting through that rigorous process of, of actually being an employee at our, at our team are just insanely good at what they do. So as soon as our partners realize who's managing their account and when they actually talk to them in person, they're like, oh no, that's great. And they always have, have contact with me and Tony anyway, regardless. So I'd say just that initial kind of growth phase to scale phase, that transition was a little bit difficult. Um, and then hiring, of course, hiring the right people and uh, uh, kind of with the right culture, with the right skill set, that can be client facing ideally. Um, so all of those things are difficult to find. Yeah, I think the other thing we we've thought about a lot is like how fast do we want to grow and what is like what does that look like? And that's been interesting too. And, and even like structure of brick, I think we we revisited revisited that the last year, I don't know, like 10 plus times and just like how do we want to structure this? Like do we want a um a CSM, do we want a specific account manager? Do we want it to be more media buyer led? Like all sorts of back and forth. Do we want creative? Do we want to build that that out? What does that look like? Other services, all sorts of stuff. So I think there's been not necessarily transition. I think we've always started in thinking about like, what, what is the size of brick ultimately look like and how big do we want to be and how fast we want to grow. And we've always like just prioritized, I'd say quality over just quantity. Uh, we don't really want to grow and, and have like, I think max, we want like 15 people at most, uh, right. maybe even less. We don't want anything crazy. Like we want like two or three pods probably of media buying teams and creative strategists and whatnot. Um, so I think that's been something too, that we definitely have thought of from the very beginning, but that's shifted and, and priorities and things looking at that have, have adjusted. I think me personally too, it's been going from in the ad account to more being more removed from them in a lot of ways, but still being trying to yeah, keep my finger on the pulse and talking to other people, seeing what's working, uh, feeding that back to the team, but then also zooming out of just like 
what are the issues internally that we have and what what can we do to fix them? What can we do to make things more efficient? Uh, what are the frictions that we still have with clients and how can we make that better and easier? And that's kind of transitioned for me a bit more where I'm, I'm focusing more on brick internally, our, our like process improvements and whatnot, but also things like leading. How do we motivate, you know, team members? How do we find out how they're feeling? How do we find out like what's going on in their personal lives that might be affecting them in, at work? And how do we react to that and, and adjust um, how we treat them based on things that are going on and what can we do to help them more and, and motivate them more and help them learn and all these like things that I've never thought about until we started hiring. I'm like, oh, we need to like really like get this honed in. Um, so yeah, it's been just a lot of growth. Um, I think Toby and I both are very uh, growth minded uh, internally too. We have a, a Slack kind of channel just on everything people are learning that we share. Um, and I think that's that's been a huge part of our success is we're, we're serial networkers. I think we're always at conferences and communicating with people and talking and networking. And that definitely helps too. I think you brought up a good point there with you know, instead of just scaling for scale sake, you guys are scaling for quality sake. And I think that's where, you know, you have like the big uh, dichotomy of an agency. It's like, I want to make more money, but at the same time, like I have to say no a lot of times in order to do that with the right quality of, you know, clients, the right quality of work that you put out and the quality of fulfillment and employees that you bring on. And, you know, after going to all these events and you, you guys are always at them, or at least I see you a lot, Tony, at all these events and you have all these big agencies with like a hundred plus people teams. And for me, it's like, man, that looks so stressful. I don't want to do any of that. And it's funny that you brought up like, okay, we want to have at least at most 15 people. And the, that's the way I see my agency as is, you know, maybe have like seven to eight people at most, uh, maybe bringing in 80 to hundred K a month. And, you know, I'm happy. I know my employees are going to be happy. And once we hit that goal, We'll maybe figure out what the next steps are, but that like seeing that long-term structure and what you want to build for, I think it is is definitely important. And also touching on that quality aspect, we've been around for a little while now. Like we haven't, we didn't start this two months ago, three months ago. So we've been around for a little while. We've worked with a lot of clients and we've uh, deployed a lot of spend. So we've been able to build some really strong foundation systems internally as an agency, rather than like scaling and things breaking. So. We're confident now that we've got this very robust team that can handle pretty much any work that's put to it, which is fantastic. And it gives us a lot of confidence. So yeah, no, it's been a blessing in disguise for sure. And I think the biggest, I guess, power and the biggest benefit you can give your team is the ability to say no to new business. If they, I guess, if you can, if it, if, if it makes sense, but giving your, your team the ability to say no to new business so that you're not onboarding kind of any Tom, Dick and Harry that doesn't fit your ICP. They're just building a good pipeline of your ICP. So you're working with brands that stay with you for a long time. You get along with well, and they fit that criteria. That is the best thing you can do as an agency, really. I mean, I couldn't have said it better, but you said it really, really well of just having good quality team members, having good quality clients come on and not saying yes to everyone. Um, that I think that's usually the problem that I had in the past personally is just always saying yes to everything because I'm just like trying to scale, scale, scale. But you know, over the last year, year and a half after talking with other people and actually networking with real agency owners, they're like, oh yeah, we don't say yes to that. It's like, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. You know, um, why would you work with that client kind of client if they're going to churn in three months? You're just going to have three yeah. months of stress at that point. So is there a specific way that you qualify that client before you bring them on? And um, if you do bring them on and they are, you know, maybe not a right fit, what do you do to rectify that? So of course, some slip through the net of, they, they might seem like a good fit, but they might on paper be a good fit, but culturally after the fact, they might not be a, a good fit. So um, I'll, I'll address that at the end. But in terms of what does our ICP look like, 
strictly work with e-commerce brands, uh, typically doing late six figures a month, early seven figures a month revenue. Most of the brands we partner with typically come from other agencies rather than managing in-house or managing independently. And they come to us from from a, a, a partnership that they're currently kind of moving away from. They've got a lot of their fundamentals nailed down already, such as customer service, content production, a decent website, good product market fit, all of those things. Um, which we can of course help with once they're onboarded but if they've got those things solidified it makes everything so much easier which is great and of course they shouldn't be plowing a ton of money into paid ads unless a lot of those fundamentals have figure out figured out already how do we qualify them before it depends on which avenue that lead or that brand comes from so if it's a referral which a lot of our business comes from existing um, client referrals or our agency network we tell the person introducing us what our ICP looks like and ideally they'll give us a warning before they make that introduction and then we'll put an introductory call and, and uh, do that pre-qualification there. A lot of our stuff is inbound, um, so we have pre-qualification forms, figuring out what, what state they're in as a business at the moment in terms of revenue numbers, everything along those lines, and then we can do some level of pre-qualification. If they're a good fit, call, I'll hop on a call and it's never a sales call that first call, it's just an introductory call, trying to diagnose some issues that they might have and then diving into the account and setting up a secondary call to talk through uh, and put some context to what value we might be able to bring them. If they're not a good fit, hopefully I'll have someone in my network that I might be able to refer them to that they would be a good fit for, whether that be based on size or culture or service offering. But if they actually do come on board and they seem not to be a good fit for whatever reason, and that is typically culture at that point, if they've kind of gone through the whole process and still worked with us, it's just having a frank conversation internally about what we feel like we should do and it's on a case-by-case basis and then if there's just constant friction between the brand and us which very very rarely happens but it has don't get me wrong we will just again pick up the phone to that client and have a frank conversation to see what the issues are if there's anything else that we could be doing that we're not doing that's causing that friction and then maybe agreeing to disagree and then parting ways and on a mutually kind of like nice uh, arrangement as opposed to it kind of dragging out because we don't want our team to dread those catch-ups that we have with that client uh, we want it to be a fun experience as well as fruitful so yeah waffled on that absolutely and tony what's up i just said well said <laughs> yeah honestly i don't have any anything else to add to that you know granted if it isn't a right fit it's a tough conversation to have after you know the first month or the first or the second month but at the same time you're kind of saving both of yourselves yeah. time uh, of not having that client on for longer because I've dealt with that before where we had a client on for six months where we knew month two wasn't a good fit, um, but unfortunately weren't in a good spot where we needed the cash. So we kind of had to like tough it out. But you know, after going through that experience, I'm like, never again, I, I do not want to make that mistake and put my team through yeah. that. You got to be careful too, because it's such a, even like internally too, it's like, you have to be careful with like, who you work with and who you surround yourself with. Cause it's like, like one person, one person even added a brand that we might work with. There might be a team of five. And one of those person might just be really hard to work with and negative or, or whatever it might be. You're like, not trust us because of they've been burnt by other agencies. And like, you have to try to find that stuff as early as possible because it can like just really impact our team internally, how we feel day to day too. Like there's a lot of impact here um, and just the relationship. But most of our clients too, I think they love us too. Cause we just have fun on calls. Like we're, we're fun, entertaining guys, I think, just to tell you ads. And then outside of that, too, it's like random, like, hey, what are you doing this weekend or whatever? Like, we've done all sorts of stuff with clients personally. Like, we, I I live here by a client. We meet, go grab beers. I've flown to, like, Miami with a client, celebrated them, and, like, all sorts of fun stuff that we're doing, too, that I think brands love, love us for that reason. So if there is, like, a cultural thing that's not working, it's 
it's pretty clear we're not having fun on this call. Like, what are we doing here? Should we just, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like it's, it's pretty apparent, uh, usually pretty, pretty, pretty quickly just with our relationships with people and how we run things. Yeah. Echoing what Tony says as well is just don't let it dwell. Don't let it sit. Try to like take the emotion out of it. Don't take anything personally. Just address the situation and like as quickly as you can, just so it doesn't spread across your team and it becomes a bit of a, a poison and, and ruins productivity and whatever it might be. So yeah, definitely just nip it in the bud as soon as you can, don't let it dwell. And yeah, sometimes it's hard if that is a high paying client, for example, to sacrifice maybe some cash flow, whatever it might be. I can understand that fully, but cash flow comes and goes. And if you've got a good pipeline, like I say, it's the most powerful thing you can have a good pipeline of your ICP. Uh, MRR and, and cash flow comes and goes. So you should be able to get rid of a, a non-ideal client without having to worry about that too much. Yeah, 100%. Negativity spreads faster than positivity. So you definitely want to get that nipped in the bud. And I think that's a really good note to end on here. And with that said, what is the best place to find you guys if you if you know someone's listening, they want to work together or maybe get at least an audit of their brand and and move forward. Yeah, I'd say our site, bricksocial.co.uk is great to check out. Also just our Twitter uh, handles. I'm at Tony Does Ads. Toby, I think is at Toby Waller UK. That's the one. Yeah, that's what I'd say. We're most we're most active over there. We post a lot of content and we both got links where they can request audits and request just contact and information or advice. So yeah, they can touch base with us there. Fantastic. Yeah. Give those guys a follow. They put out great content every week and um worth of like the honestly i'm learning a lot myself for being out of ads for the last few years so I'm, it's keeping me fresh in the in the ads game so give them a follow and with that said it was a pleasure um having you guys on and i will see you guys on the next one appreciate it awesome thank you Thanks again for joining us on the Scaling E-commerce podcast. If you enjoyed it or learned something new, remember to like, subscribe, and leave a review. It really helps out with the algorithm. If you want email marketing tip delivered straight to your inbox on a weekly basis from yours truly, then check out the link below or in the show notes to subscribe and join my newsletter. If you're a D2C brand with at least 10,000 email subscribers, and interested in starting a conversation to work together, then go to aspectagency.com and we'd love to chat with you. And if you want to stay up to date with anything email and SMS, just follow me on Twitter at Nikita Vakrushev or check the show notes for the link. With that said, I'm Nikita and I'll see you in the next one.